Welcome to the Burlap Podcast. My name is Chris Fomesby. I'm one of the co-hosts, and I am here with Chris Abel. Hello there, Chris Abel here. And uh, Burlap exists to help churches reach and engage millennials and Generation Z, and one of the ways that we do that is this uh, ongoing podcast. I want this particular podcast to be very practical. I have a theory that I want to test out with you, Chris. I want to see uh, if this is if I'm even close on this, all right? It's just kind of this gut sort of, uh, I'd say, uh, yeah, theory or a question that I have, and I want to test it up against one of the things you have going on in our young adult ministry here at United Methodist Church of the Resurrection. So that's what this podcast is about. It's actually about mission trips, right? And I have recently written, a, I call it an ebook. It's basically a, a glorified PDF that is called The Millennial Way of Life. You can get it at thinkburlap.com. What's really that? selling it there. Well, I'm just glorified. saying, like, I say ebook because it's, it's a digital, you know, delivery, uh, but it's a PDF. And the way, the reason why we created it in a PDF is we want people to be able to share it in their local community, make it printable, make it easily readable. And sometimes, you know, if it's just downloaded onto a device, right, you're not going to give somebody your iPad for a week and say, borrow this and go read this book. That'd be right? really generous, though. <laughs> so you're going to be able to print this off and we have quality discounts and all that. But this is not a commercial, although we do believe in the products that we, we sell and the, and, and the stories that we're hearing about how we're helping people because of these products just continue to make us want to develop more. One of the books is Millennial Way of Life. And in this book, I cover seven key, what I'll call behaviors of millennials. And uh, you can read about these seven in other places. You know, I, I mean, we've, we have uh, used a great number of resources to help us develop this, this, uh, this book. But uh, I want I want to propose a theory to you and have you interact just fresh off your head. We have not rehearsed this in no, any way, no. uh, but I want to try to push this and see and see where you go with this. So one of the theories I have is that maybe one of the best places for churches to start when it comes to reaching and engaging millennials is to provide a mission experience. Maybe not a mission trip, but a mission experience. And by that, I mean the classic way the church understands mission, right? Going somewhere to serve somebody, right? In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit for the sake of the world. And because of the millennial behaviors that I have recognized and others have recognized as well, I think that this is an extremely relevant way because of things like these seven behaviors, which, you know, we might say, are everything from millennials craving new experiences and adventure to millennials wanting to make a difference in the world to the millennial approach to what success is and how that factors in and this overall sense that millennials are probably the most optimistic generation we've ever seen. They seek diverse relationships. Uh, you know, they're anytime, everywhere people and, of course, their digital worldview. And so when you take all that in consideration, I think... A mission trip covers five of those things, right? Those, 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 uh, those behaviors. So you're getting ready to take 20 young adults to Denver yep, that's on, a, right. on a mission adventure, we'll call it. <laughs> First of all, just set up what, what is it you're about to do. I mean, you, you are leaving very soon. You're taking 20 young adults. Where are you going and why? So I have to say, I'm leaving at 6 a.m. tomorrow. So I, I haven't, I still have to do food shopping today. Getting, you know, I haven't packed personally. So it's definitely like on the forefront of my mind here. So the idea here is to um, 
to take a missions trip and then provide some novelty to it. So this is kind of my philosophy of ministry. This is a little sidetrack here, but I try to take good things that the church does and just put a twist to it, just to show that we're trying new things, that we're getting creative. And this particular trip, we called it Missions and Mountains. And the idea is that we're gonna go surf and we're gonna go hike and we're gonna camp while doing it. So rather than stay on some church's you know, floor, we're actually getting tents and we rented a campground, which is surprisingly inexpensive. And, um, and then I invited um, these young adults to come and live in community together for the weekend. And we're doing the long weekend so young professionals don't have to take an extra day off. It's a Memorial Day weekend when we're recording this. And, um, and you know what? Like the response was huge. And the tr- it's funny because our missions department of the church has been shocked that I got millennials to sign up for this thing. Uh, and it, it's because um, people want to go have novel experiences and make a difference. What kind and, of work will you be doing while you're Okay, there? so the idea is, so we're going to spend, uh, you know, unfortunately two of the days of five days are going to be just on the road. Uh, we're going to be doing two days of partnering with an organization called Denim, Denver Urban Matters, and they are going to prepare for us um, some serve. Um, opportunities. So we're going to be in downtown Denver, working with some of the shelters there, working with people who are, you know, wrestling with homelessness. Uh, we're also going to be helping with um, some of the thrift stores in the area that are providing, you know, solutions to poverty and homelessness in the area. So we're going to be partnering with them and helping them behind the scenes. Not glamorous stuff, right? We're just trying to help some people in the city. Now we could do this in Kansas City where we are right now, but that's, you know, and we, we plan on doing that in Kansas City. But there's something about going into a different area, different culture, helping another city. And also having an experience while doing so. It's not just about the service work. It's about community. It's about the adventure. It's about an experience. It's about travel. Uh, like you said, that you know, when people make decisions, they're not making them on like a one-prong approach. That uh, a lot of the things Chris listed earlier, and I'm just going to recap them here. And you know, th- these jump out really easily when it comes to the trip. Well, let me explain the rest of the trip. First. Yeah, yeah. Finish explaining the trip, and and talk a little bit about not just why you're setting it up, but what you think the advantages or the benefits or the the uh, compelling narrative is on why people would want to go on this thing. I mean, you've touched right. on that a little bit, but give me yeah. a little bit more on that. Well, probably a quarter of the people on the trip have never gone on a surf trip or a missions trip. So the idea for them to get outside of their comfort zone is huge. And in addition, we've made it even harder because of the camping. So there's a lot of people who wouldn't even consider it because they don't want to, they don't want to camp. Um, and so we're asking people to go and it's going to be 40 degrees at night, right? So it's, potentially cold at night you're gonna be a little uncomfortable try it. that's not potentially cold that is cold that is cold yeah <laughs> and so we're, we're putting ourselves outside of our comfort zones here and part of it is a desire to um you know as our faith has called us to serve others part of it is you know we we spend our young adult ministry spends an hour and a half together if you do sunday school maybe maybe a total of three hours a week you might sit together in church talk for 10 minutes and you've got it at maybe three hours and 10 minutes if you come to a lot of things a week That'll get you some friendships. That'll get you some connections, but not not a lot, not really deep. You're not going to go deep there. But spending five days on the road, serving with people, staying intense with people, cooking food with people, that's that's like six months of time that you would that uh, it would take six months of attending church to get that kind of quality time with a group of people. So in addition to doing the serve work. We're building community, like friendships. Are, we've already had a pre-meeting and the friendships that we're forming from these people who weren't connected to now, people are going to have deep relationships because we've gone out 
and I'm charging them to go live in an uncomfortable situation and have an, a unique experience. Yeah. So I think this is why I brought this up. And one of the best things I think churches could do is find ways to create these experiences. They don't have to be week-long trips right. where you're getting on a plane and going somewhere. I mean, we're just taking uh, 20 people in two vans from Kansas City to Denver, and we're doing it pretty inexpensively for people, right? We want to keep the cost as low as possible so that we can uh, you know, make it accessible for as many as possible. But at the same time, it's like it's simple. It's vans, it's driving, it's camping, it's serving. But I think that the reason why it works and the reason why even though you had people, you know, jump off whose schedules changed or whatever, you were able to fill those spots quickly is because I think it represents well how millennials make decisions and how they live. This craving new experiences and adventure. Check. Right? Yeah. That's that. That's a lot that. of these I mean, people have never seen a mountain. I mean, this is Kansas, folks. Yeah, yeah that is true. <laughs> Um, you know, the idea that they want to make a difference in the world, you know, are, are they going to, are they going to, you know, go to Africa or someplace that's sometimes, you know, thought of as like where you go do missions, someplace right. in Southeast Asia or someplace in You have to leave the country America. to make a difference. Like, no, this is, this is making a difference in a, probably what, an eight hour drive. You're going to go someplace and for three days you're going to make a difference and it's going to probably be an immediate difference. You're collaborating with another organization. Millennials love partnering with people. So the statistics say, right? So there's that. And I think, too, this this idea of this creative optimism, like I call it possibility. Like maybe there is just something in millennials that rings truer when you think about the difference that you might make in somebody's life. I think for me as an exer, I'm a skeptic, man. I, I think the work that I do may or may not make a difference. I think the people that I meet who are millennials and specifically Gen Z. And I have three kids who fall in that category, So, which means I have dozens of kids at my house who fall into that <laughs> category, right? I mean, our shopping and grocery list is just astronomical, this is the bill, because these kids come over, they hang out at my house, they eat all my food. But uh, while I'm there, I get to observe them and watch them. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like it's some laboratory <laughs> or something. I'm not that, Teach me, Gen I'm Zs. I'm not that creepy guy, but I'm sitting Here's there. Here's some more I'm, food. I'm listening to them, though, and I think that there's generally a sense of, of positive or, or optimism that the world might actually become a better place. So I think you have that. I think the diverse relationship and the idea of community, you know, these are some of the things that we've touched on. And I'm wondering if a church had one thing to do, one option, what might that option be? I'm suggesting that it might actually be a mission experience because you don't have, I mean, our church is unique in that we're large enough that we can provide our own team of people to lead this trip, right? Not everybody can do that, but not everybody uh, has to do that. There are organizations that you can sign up with to go on trips with. They do like, you know, turnkey trips. Sometimes those are a little bit more expensive and that, but yeah. the point I'm trying to get to is if the church wants to engage millennials and Gen Z and find compelling reasons for them to stick around, maybe, just maybe, the best way to do that might be to take millennials and Generation Z into places where they get to experience the values that they live by in a meaningful way that the church sets up for them. That mm. the church says, this is important to us, it's important to you, why would we not do this together? 
What do you think about that? Am I even close in my kind of, I'll call it theory, but my understanding of what might be a great way to do this? Well, it's getting, it's getting the gears turning for me. You know, one of my, <clears throat> one of the things I think churches just get so wrong and, and, and is that they, they create just a worship experience. And that that's where it feels hypocritical. Cause I think that millennials understand that Jesus, like I think everyone on this planet kind of understands that Jesus wasn't just a guy who came with religious ideas. They see healing, they see relationships formed. They see a sense of adventure. I mean, look at Jesus's own life is really compelling to millennials. Like he traveled all over, he built relationships. He made a difference. He sacrificed himself for a higher meaning. You know, those are all, those align with He surrounded himself with diverse relationships. I'm looking at our list here again. He was optimistic about the, the future kingdom of the world. And, um, you know, like all of these things are really aligned with this next generation, which, which is hilarious to me that Jesus is, you know, would, would be a great millennial in the 21st <laughs> century. You know, he could just travel around with a top knot, you know, drinking lattes out of, out of avocados. Have you seen that new uh, one? I have yeah. not seen that. Yeah, that's, that's like the new thing. Is a, Okay. Yeah, anyways, off track you. here. Okay, but the point I'm trying to make here is that sometimes we encounter churches and there's just like no life. You encounter churches, you're supposed to believe this thing. We use phrases like good news and transform your life and, you know, the Christ will change everything. And then we look at the people's lives and there's not a lot of transformation. We don't see joy and then we don't see any sense of giving back either. So the idea of a serve or serving in some capacity is an extension out of a joy, out of a drive, out of a purpose, out of a passion to make a difference in the world. And I love, that. you know, I, I think that would be really that would be really compelling to people. Um, there was this organization I was visiting, and they just had really great worship, and they were really bought into Jesus, but it just seemed. Like it was just based around worship. It was just based around a service and like a little culture. And I was super dismissive of them internally until they said, oh, and we have this program that works with convicts. And then that was the moment that like it added legitimacy to their ministry for me was this moment of, okay, you don't just exist for yourselves. Like that's all I needed to hear is I needed to know like something about what you do extends and benefits and blesses other people. That was really that was something that was meaningful to me, and I it, and it added a lot of value. And it was a, it became just it, it went from a place that's just you know self serving to a place that gives back in some form or fashion, and that's compelling. That's very compelling. I think sometimes we maybe 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 too much, but we look we kind of deconstruct the broken things of the church and say oh, this is easy to point out. This isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. But in the case that you're describing, you're saying something that is working, which is existing for someone beyond yourself or something or some greater cause. So as I've been thinking more and more about this, I've been realizing if God's mission is to restore the world towards its intended wholeness, shalom, whatever yeah. word you want to use, harmony, right? And if that's the promise that God's making throughout the entire biblical narrative, and if the church is the agency that God is using to do that, right, then Maybe the most compelling way to engage non-religious or nominally religious millennials in Generation Z in the church is by creating experiences where they can firsthand see that that's our passion and commitment. It's to bring heaven it's to, to earth. to bring heaven to earth, the yeah. prayer, you know, the Lord's Prayer. I mean, I, you know, St. Teresa of Avila said that every time you say the Lord's Prayer, you're begging 
that God would use you to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that some of the missing elements that the church that that millennials see in the church and Gen Z sees in the church is that maybe we do exist for ourselves. Maybe there's a disconnect. And I, I'm not saying that churches are are intentionally trying to thrive for themselves. What I'm saying is sometimes that's a we, human thing. Yeah, we just miss the boat sometimes, and and we know these people, we care about these people, and so we do everything we can to help these people, but we've forgotten the people that aren't here, and so. Maybe one of the best ways that we can call people into understanding God's mission and seeing it in action is to invite them to participate in a mission trip. When we think about what that means, we know that's a lot of hard work, right? We know that that means that someone's going to have to volunteer to take people. Someone's going to have to be the point person. Someone's going to have to say, I'm taking this on. So... When you look at that, tell me why it's worth it. Tell me why, if a listener is saying, gosh, it sounds like it's really cool, it's making sense to me, connecting God's mission and the church to millennials, that sounds cool, we could do that. Why is it worth the investment of time? Like, what do you hope the results are coming out of this? You're going to go to Denver, and you're going to come back, and some people are going to be like, yeah, that trip was okay, and some people are going to be like, that was the best trip I ever took. Some people are like, that trip sucked. You're going to get different reactions, right? Mixed reviews. It's just the way it works, right? You know, And yet, you're going to do it anyway. What are your goals, desired outcomes, whatever the words are? What do you hope actually is the result of this weeks, months, years down the road? No, that's a good question. You know, I think about, um, I took a, uh, a surf, you know, I did a missions trip down to, to Guatemala in my early twenties and it transformed my life. It opened up my eyes to a whole different world out there. And what I, what I think happens in America today, maybe this is everywhere is we just get in our bubbles and, and our bubbles in America are you live individualistically, you know, live for yourself, your own priorities. We don't spend extended periods of time like we once did in villages. You know, you just go home to your thing. You're isolated. Families are separated. Like we just live very segmented and segregated lives. And so one of my goals is to get people into the messy business of being around humans for a couple of days. I mean, part of that is getting some of these people who haven't been around uh, folks who are struggling with homelessness and have them have a humanizing experience with people who happen to not have the, the, the safety nets that a lot of us do. And they, and so they're relying on these homeless shelters for, for safety and for food. So we're going to go there not to, um, you know, reach down and help someone who is less than us, but to reach across and serve next to and be with and spend time with other human beings, right? Who are outside of our comfort zone, who are outside of our bubbles. And that's part of it. Another part of it is this is the time we're spending together. Um, I want to get to know these people, you know, as a leader, uh, one of the most soul sucking things about ministry is you can have a ton of shallow relationships. You know, I'm going for myself. I'm not doing this just to just for a strategic approach to growing a ministry. I'm doing this because my soul will benefit from g- growing in love with this group. You know, I want to have closer relationships with these twenty. And then already there's been a little bit of drama, and uh, you know, it's just hilarious how that happens even ahead of time. You like know? what kind of drama? Somebody's moving and needs to be picked up, and then I said no, and then they were, they complained to other people, and then I know I'm picking them up, so. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's one. This that's is, one aspect. It's like yeah. before the trip has even started. Right. So yeah. there's going to be drama. There's yeah. going to be challenges, but it's worth it. It's worth it to you as a leader. And I love how you describe it. this. Is not a tactic to be strategic in growing my ministry. I think the benefits of it will allow for there to be growth. I think as so a, too. As a byproduct, I yeah. think. But going into it and again, and I didn't want to. I didn't start this podcast with this this theory and 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 some kind of fleshing out of the theory and developing a, maybe a set of core practices that help make it real because I want it to be a ministry tactic or a strategic intentional way that we can grow a ministry per se. I want people to see that or to hear is better said. I want the listeners to hear that there are very simple ways that we can reveal the heart of God to a generation who's looking at us and asking the question, what do you actually believe and why? And one of the best ways to do that, to reveal the heart of God, is to exercise or realize, put into practice our faith by going someplace and putting it into action and taking those along with us who may not even be religious. Mm -hmm. Like, I also think it's a great way to introduce people to the faith. Just why not take a group of people someplace down wherever, over wherever, up wherever, and say, you know what? Like, we're going to go serve because that's what the church is about. And whether you believe in Jesus or not, or whether you have faith or not, is not the issue. The issue is we're going to be an extension of God's mission in the world to restore it to its wholeness, and you're welcome to come along. Again, not as a tactic for growing a ministry, but as a way to simply reveal the nature of God to a generation going, who is this God and why should I care? Uh, so I don't know. Let let's let's let me hear you speak to that a little bit, and then uh, we'll just make this a real simple, short podcast, and then we'll keep talking about these things as we as we continue to uh, create podcasts and send them out there. But what 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 would you? What's your response to all that? You know, I think it just comes down to the fact, like what we were saying earlier, that millennials want to see people walk the walk and not just talk the talk. So seeing some people who serve and make a difference in the world around them is saying, uh, you know, whoa, why are these people different? Why why are they doing that? And it creates an opportunity for a conversation about something more. Uh, yeah. So I really like that. Another thing that I think we, sh we need to talk about before we close today is... Um, that 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 mission and service can often feel like uh it it's hard to add on to all the other stuff on our plate um and so i i feel like the demands on the average leader in a church are keep stuff going every week you have all sorts of demands you have all sorts of people pestering you and you have energy you have to put things to and so the idea of taking a day or a few days or a week and serving somewhere else or you know putting together just the complexity of finding the right place and getting the volunteers in order like it's just it adds a lot to your plate or it might add a lot to a volunteer's plate or a leader's plate um it reminds me of the difference between urgent and important. Whereas in everybody's life, we have urgent things. There are the things that pester us that need to be done. It's the laundry, you know, it's the get the car serviced. It's the, all the stuff that pops up that you need to have church ready to go on Sunday. Um, but often the urgent stuff is not the important stuff. And I feel like mission and service is, a, is something that a lot of churches drop, drop off because 
It's not urgent. It doesn't pester you. It doesn't come every week. It doesn't demand, and it won't, it won't upset people if it's not being done. I mean, people, I think, will subconsciously leave or subconsciously be unattracted to a church that's not giving back in some way. But it doesn't pester you, right? It's not urgent, but it is important. And I think again and again, what I'm learning as a millennial in leadership is that I often sacrifice important stuff for urgent stuff, and it needs to be the other way around. That I need to balance my leadership and my energy so that the important stuff has priority. And that's hard. So I'll just we'll we'll end on that note. And thanks again for joining us for today's burlap podcast. And we hope that you'll listen in a couple weeks. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye.